Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Disinformed, a mini-series from There Are No Girls on the Internet. I'm Bridget Todd. Nobody likes talking about online harassment. When I first started the podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, I specifically wanted to talk about all the cool things that women, queer folks, Black folks, and other underrepresented voices are doing on the internet. And as much as I wanted to focus on the positive, the harassment we face online is difficult to ignore. Earlier this month, Chrissy Teigen left Twitter. This was kind of a big deal. She's someone who was once called the mayor of Twitter because she's such a prolific user. She spoke at Twitter headquarters for a company event, and on Instagram, she made it clear that she didn't blame Twitter for feeling like she had to leave the platform. She said that Twitter staff had actually reached out and worked with her and her team to deal with the barrage of harassment she faces. And I'm sure they did. Chrissy Teigen is rich and famous and well-connected. But what about the rest of us who aren't? We've seen a wave of online harassment come for women journalists, too. On Fox News, Tucker Carlson did two nights of segments pretty much just making fun of New York Times internet culture reporter Taylor Lorenz for, as he put it, pretending to be oppressed, after she tweeted, for International Women's Day, please consider supporting women enduring online harassment. After Times reporter Rachel Abrams did a report on the conservative news network OWN, the network retaliated by putting her personal cell phone number on the air and encouraging viewers to contact her, a pretty obvious attempt at inciting harassment. And it's not just people with public profiles. Harassment is just a reality when you're a marginalized person who puts their opinion or words online. If you're a woman or a person of color or a queer person who's listening, you've probably already dealt with it. I know I've dealt with it, and it's awkward to talk about. 
But writer Liz Lenz says that we need to start talking about it. In her piece called When the Mob Came for Me, she details what she's learned from dealing with waves of intense harassment for daring to be a woman with opinions online. Liz wants people to know that becoming the target of an online harassment campaign can happen to anyone. So it's important to have a plan if it does. When I started doing this show, I initially purposefully did not focus on harassment because I was like, I want to write a or do a thing about the internet and women where it's not centered around our negative experiences. But as that went on, it was it was becoming something that it felt like I was purposely ignoring, even though it's something that we all uh, experience. And so I, you know, I read your piece when a mob came for me and you were writing about your first experiences with online harassment. And I was wondering if you could sort of talk us through what happened. You know, I really identify with your journey talking about harassment because I don't really like to talk about my harassment. I find that a couple of things happen when you do talk about your harassment. People either uh, tell you you're whining and it's not that bad or they are like, well, what'd you do to deserve it? You know, or or the worst thing is, is when they're like, and then what happened? You know, and you're like, oh, God, like, I don't want to. And then they're like, what kind of bomb threats did you get? Ah! And then you're like, um, okay, weirdos. I don't know. It just like, it never feels like there's a great way to have the conversation. And, um, but, but like you, I have been seeing, we are coming out of a year where I think especially marginalized journalists are exhausted. I know a handful of journalists who, who have quit are taking breaks um, because just the pressures of pandemic, the intense harassment that they've received and, um, and, and no breaks and everything. It, and it just felt like there was this it felt like there was a moment where I was like, I, we need to talk about this. We need to have a conversation. And so you're right. I wrote this thing um, that talked about my experiences. And I just like want to be very clear at the outset. Like there's a difference between criticism and harassment. Like, you know, telling me I'm wrong or that you hate my article. That's okay. Like I don't consider that harassment. What I consider harassment is, you know, calling me horrible names, um, telling me you want my kids to die, telling me you want me to die, telling me you're going to bomb my house or sending me pictures of Pepe the Frog raping me. That's what I consider harassment. Like, and that, I feel like that's pretty, I like, I don't, I feel like there's a pretty clear line between the two. <laughs> I don't know why we keep, uh, why it's hard to have that conversation. So anyway, now to finally answer your question. Yes. Um, in 2016, I was writing about my experiences. I live in Iowa, right? I've, you know, every four years I write about the caucuses in some capacity. And that year in 2016, I was writing about the caucuses for Vice and I was live tweeting, you know, cause that's a thing that journalists do. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I only had like a couple thousand followers and they were all following me because I'd had a pretty successful mom blog for a while. Not like super famous, like solid. I'd say like third tier college kind of um, <laughs> mom blog. It's like what you settle for when you don't get into Harvard. I started tweeting my experience caucusing. And in that year, as we all know, and I, it was, you know, the Hillary versus Bernie. If you were on political pockets of social media back then, you probably recall that the 2016 presidential election could feel like a pretty polarizing time to be online. There were palpable tensions between Bernie Sanders supporters and Hillary Clinton supporters that could really feel difficult to escape. 
and I have no political problems with Bernie Sanders, but a supporter of his like yelled at me during the caucuses. And this is Iowa. Like we don't yell at each other. We keep it inside and then talk shit about you behind your back. Like it's and like, and so it was like straight aggressive. And it was so shocking to me um, that I, I was live tweeting it. And he, he had said something like you're voting with your vagina and I, you know, quit back, you know, and it wasn't even that creative. I think somebody else had said it better before, but you know, I was like, yeah, America has been voting with its dick for 240 years. Like, come (laughs) on, man. And, uh, you know, I was like, chill out. And, 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 and I tweeted that and just it got picked up and used as fodder in the Bernie Hillary wars. And I was getting, you know, I, I've deleted it since then. And I encourage everybody to regularly delete their tweets. Um, But, you know, it was like, got like thousands and thousands of retweets and, and likes, I, you know, they were fave stars then this is back in the olden days and and then you know and 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 that's when I started get I got people in my DMs I got emails people being like you know we're gonna um we're gonna call CPS on you to have your kids taken away and I don't you know I'm not gonna attribute this to like one side or the other I think there's just trolls out in the world and they like to harass people but yeah I was and that's when it was like it was it wasn't like it 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 took things like I'd gotten criticism before you know where it's like look at this dumb bitch but like I, I hadn't gotten now your kids are gonna be taken away and and then, you know, and, and in 2016, so that's when you know, my career as a writer was really starting to take off and I was writing longer form pieces and it just became a situation where every once in a while, like I get like a weird letter, like uh, I got like a snail mail and you're yes. at your home. Wow. Yeah. And, and the most disturbing one was, uh, was just like five pages, like white printer pages and somebody had handwritten out bible verses on them and it was just like and it was just like you know all the verses about like repent and you're going to hell it's like i grew up like evangelical like you can't convert me (laughs) come on i already memorized all those bible verses in awana like i was in bible quiz you can't you can't out bible me And, but also it was like chilling. And I remember opening the envelope and being like, you know, like scary music in the background and, and, yeah. just, and, and, and like stuff like that would trickle and trickle and trickle. And then <laughs> and finally a couple of things started to happen. And, you know, again, like, I don't want to be like, oh, like this one thing happened. Cause I think once you're kind of on a radar, then like the, then it just comes back and comes back. As Liz's public profile grew as she published bigger and bigger stories, so did the level of harassment she faced. A couple things started to happen around 2018, 2019, as I wrote some more high-profile pieces, and then finally wrote a profile of Tucker Carlson, which is like what a lot of people know me for. Um, I wrote it for the Columbia Journalism Review, and after that, it sparked a whole year of just waves. It was, I would like, I liken it to like a, you know, like a tide. It would like flow in and flow out, but there would always be a little trickle. Um, so basically 2018, 2019, 
um the the wave is out right now (laughs) fingers but like the the tides out is what but like the but like it just it sparked off this whole um just harassment where like my phone was blowing up. I used to use a Google number that got doxxed. I was getting like, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. it's, it's hard to explain, but like, there's this like troll community thing where, you know, they used to use Pepe. Now they use like this picture of a giant Bugs Bunny and they call it like Big Chungus. It's just, it's just dumb, right? And, but it's like, and so I just get like pictures and pictures of that. You know, I was also getting, you know, pictures of Pepe the Frog raping me, like Photoshopped, you know, and it was just like, you were coming for you. And and all of this, and, and like, it never ended because I think in that time I published, I started publishing some like, you know, bigger pieces. I published a story that got a lot of attention um, about my divorce, food in my divorce, and it was titled, I'm Never Cooking for a Man Again. Which was like, you know, it was like titles are always a little tongue in cheek, but it was just an exploration of like food and, and emotional labor and marriage and, and oh my God, that like went super viral and, and, and just got like shit ton of shit. <laughs> I've actually read it and it's, it's Thank so you. touching and like personal and relatable. And it's funny to me that that title was, I mean, I, we we've all I like like having read the piece, it is it makes so much sense, but I could see how that title would be like enraging for people who are already predisposed to think of you in this negative light. But that's the troll thing, right? It's like just take things at headline value and then use that to crap on people. Um, you know, and and I had I then I also published a profile of Richard Spencer's divorce, the Nazi. That didn't help. Then I moderated in 2019, I moderated a presidential forum. And it was, you know, I'll say this about the forum is we had there were three moderators. Um, I was just one of them. Um, and they, you know, they're both uh the other two moderators, lovely people both marginalized um in and um you know identify as queer in their own ways and all of the questions we had like co-written together and like many organizations you know had like vetted and so i was just really just reading off of a prompter here's liz grilling biden at the forum you also praised vice president mike pence as a decent guy You're a lovely person. Just asking the questions that people want to know. That's also when Joe Biden called me a real sweetheart because I I pushed him on some of the, you know, criminalization bills like uh, that had, you know, put more queer people in jail it's just kind of how it happened joe like no it's like facts and i had put because he was like that's not true and i was like well it it is so could could you just talk about it and and so and as we were walking off the stage he was like you're a real sweetheart and i was like i can't fucking believe the vice president was snotty to me. For doing your job as the moderator right and like that's the whole thing is like you know I ask questions and I follow up and like say, please answer the question. I think that's like, yes, but like, uh, you know, and it was, you know, the power imbalance. But after that, 
I mean, that I that also kicked off a huge, intense wave. And that's when I started getting bomb threats. And um, one of the other moderators was talking to me the other day and after my piece on harassment had published. And he was like, you know, I never received the same kind of harassment that you did, even though we moderated at the same forum. He's like, he's like, it's just because you're on the radar. Let's take a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Like Donna and Tom from the Pawnee Parks Department, I love to treat myself. Mimosas, massages, fine leather goods, all of it. And treating myself does not end when it comes to taking care of my health and body. So if you treat yourself to the top options with everything in life like I do, why settle when finding a doctor? It is your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. With ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Listen, I have been using ZocDoc for years, 
even before they asked me to make this ad, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash NoGirls and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash NoGirls. ZocDoc.com slash NoGirls. And we're back. Liz says that once you're on the radar of a network of harassers online, anything that you say can be used against you. For her, it was a silly joke that she had made about online dating after a night out with friends. And with that kind of threat hanging over you, it can feel like it's not worth it to show up as your full self online. Because someone somewhere could inevitably take whatever thing you're saying out of context to harass you. The thing that they always cling to is this one joke I made. Uh, it was, I, I was, I had said, and this happened, but it was just like, I was just joking about it. It was like, um, a man unmatched with me <laughs> after I told him I was a journalist, you know, what's he hiding, you know, t- time to open. And it's not even that funny. I think it was like a joke. I like tweeted at like 11 PM after I'd had like drinks with friends <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is fun. You know what I mean? It's like, not, it's not even, it's just like, okay, Liz, ha ha ha, you know? And but like they screenshot that and every once in a while, it'll just come back up and people will be like, did you do this? Did you dox an innocent man? And I'll be like, uh, I don't even remember his name, but yes, that is, <laughs> that is my joke. Thank you. Like, it's not that funny, but that's the thing that comes back up more often than anything else. It's just, it's, it's weird. I don't know. It's so interesting <laughs> how that one harmless joke that is not, you know, I mean, I've seen that screenshot. So, and you know, I can only imagine what it's like for you being like, "Oh, they're they're pulling this this silly joke I made back up again. It will never go away." It's just like I just deserve better enemies. I'm always like, <laughs> I have made first of all, <laughs> like first of all, I've made way worse jokes, way worse. Like, do you hear how I'm talking? Like, I I I say dumb shit all the time, just constantly. Literally fight me on literally any other dumb thing I've said. But like, and then they're they're all like expect me to be ashamed of it. They're like, did you say this? And I'm like, I sure did. <laughs> and they're like, did you dox a man? And I'm like, I sure didn't because it's a joke, y'all. And it's <laughs> and it's funny because like, you know, that was one of the things that I that, you know, like a lot of this trolley culture is like, you know, the liberals can't take a joke. That's why we're gonna like you know, make fun of them and like taunt them. It's a really nasty way. You know, it's like, it's like a generation of men who, who never learned that they weren't funny. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, this is actually not, these are not, these are not jokes. Like I do, I have, I'm friends with the comedian Josh Gondelman and I was like, you should perform a service where people can ask you if, is this a joke or not? And you're like, you know, is like a five-year-old, you know, is this a joke? Nope. Sorry. That's just a fart sound. It's not a joke. You know, is this a joke? No, you just made a fat joke. You know, you just, you're just making a comment about somebody's weight. Not a joke. Not a, you joke. Know? Not a joke. Just some fat phobia. <laughs> Even that joke does illustrate how, I guess I feel that on Twitter, especially we've gotten to a point where it's like bad, like we're not able to have 
actual conversations or even just communicate because every it's everything is so weaponized and in take it in bad faith. Anybody oh. like you, you're you're what you tweeted was obviously just a joke. You're kidding around, but yeah. there's this assumption that anything you anything that you say, I, I just feel that Twitter is so charged. People, once you're on someone's radar, they're looking for anything. Anything that you say can be used to be like, see, she's the worst. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because that that thing I wrote about online mobs, I, it, part of it was an interview with the journalist and author Talia Lavin, and um, who's who helped me through that year of um, of harassment and has used really just because she, she's experienced it. She wrote this book, Cultural Warlords, where she you know, digs into these communities, online communities of hate. And so, um, and so, uh, but the funny thing about it, and, and in that interview, you know, she's very clear, like she's very good at parsing the nuance of what's harassment and what's criticism. Because again, like people are allowed to criticize, like I, and I'm gonna make mistakes and people are allowed to call out those mistakes. And I never want to be, you know, like nailing myself to a cross just because like, maybe I fucked up a column, you know, and I'm going to like, they're not all gonna be winners. Um, I'm going to fail. And, uh, and, you know, she does a really good job, like pointing out, like, people saying that Andrew Cuomo, you know, uh, harassed them sexually. That's not an online mob. Like, mm-hmm. that's just people talking about their experiences and saying this isn't okay. An online mob is, you know, putting a picture of somebody's house inside a crosshairs and saying, you know, I'm building pipe bombs. Like, that's, that's the difference. And so, but like that, that, that interview was quote tweeted or like somebody quote tweeted it. It was Glenn Greenwald quote tweeted it and was like, oh, look at the, you know, he was basically like, look at these people that don't know the difference between harassment and criticism. It was like, if you were functionally literate, like you would have read it. And know that we have like three paragraphs, to, you know, parsing out that nuance. But again, like it's what you're saying, it's just bad faith. And yeah. it's just once you're on somebody's radar and they don't like you, everything that you do, they're just going to hate. Yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, what, what does it feel? What does that feel like for you? Like, what does it feel like to be facing that kind of a charged online environment just to do your job every day? Um, it was hard in the beginning. Um, there's something my, my therapist uh, likes to, likes to remind me of is that like you level up, you know what I mean? Like, is that as you go through life and as you become more successful, you know, you have kind of have these experiences like you have to grow into, right? And so, yes, that first year of intense harassment was a really hard, um, it felt like being in a tunnel. Just like I couldn't, everything was closing in all around me. And, you know, I also live in a, I don't live in a big, well, it's the second largest city in Iowa. People are always like, it's the big city. Yes, it's the, it's the big city if you're from like, you know, a, a like Fairfield or something. But if, but it's 300,000 people. It's not that big. <laughs> like, uh and uh, and and something that hap- has happened too is like you know I get emails from people in town, and you know or or 
don't do this to people, by the way, but people like to make me aware when other people in town are discussing me on Facebook. And I'm like, please don't, because then it makes me scared to go to the grocery store. But yes, people have like, yeah, I remember very specifically one woman in town who's like pretty high profile who had like a whole Facebook post discussing my body and how I looked as I moderated that forum, you know, calling me showy and trashy and like I was just trying to flaunt myself and like implying that I was like a giant slut. I was wearing like it doesn't matter what I was wearing. Like, but but I was wearing like, you know, just like a standard and like newscaster dress. It was bright yellow because I can wear yellow. I'm like one of the few white people who can do it. Uh, 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 it's uh, a tough color to pull off. It's a tough color to pull, and it's my one skill, and y'all can just eat it, you know, it, 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 and that kind of stuff. It makes you feel like you can't be anonymous, you know. I'll go for runs, and people will honk at me, and it's like, well, am I getting? Is that my friend? <laughs> is that uh, is that like a car full of dudes? You know that are you know. I, I just like you don't know, and it's scary. Or you go to the grocery store, and people be like, "Oh, are you the writer?" And you're like, "Maybe." Are you the one who participated in talking about what a slut I was? Like, you know, I'm just like, yeah. I don't. And it's and you know, most people are nice, and most people are good, actually, and most people are generous. I I think this. I believe this, but. When, when you're in that harassment zone, and especially when things are really intense, you know, the, it, it's usually over. The intensity is over by like a day, two days. But anyway, like, you know, it's usually only intense for a couple of days, but it feels like you're in a tunnel. It feels like you can turn everything off. You can turn your phone off. You can turn your internet off. And that's, I do recommend that when things are bad, just log off. Don't tweet through it. Just log off. You can't win stay away, have some friends monitor it for you just to let you know if there's anything. But even if that's happening, you don't know because if they're like targeting where you live or, or you're like, what's safe? If the door knocks, you're like, is that, what is that? Where do you know, in, in the most intense times, you know, I was seeing posts like, I live 30 minutes from her town. Should I go there? What? Okay. You know, it, it is terrifying. And I, I'm a single mom. I have two kids and now I have two dogs, but it's not an accident that I have two dogs, right? Like it's directly related to some of my fears about, um, you know, living alone and, and being a target of harassment. And so, um, uh, and and yes, and so it feels like being in a tunnel. One of the things I used, I, I did in the before times when the harassment would get bad um, is I would just log off, you know, tell my friends, like, don't, you know, just take, take my Twitter password, change it for a while, you know, do all this. And then I would go, <laughs> don't, like, Marcus Theaters, don't get mad at me. Buy sneak little bottles of that cheap Sutter home wine, home wine in and then get a big popcorn and then just sit in a movie theater. So it just was like, I'm safe because nobody yeah. knows me. I'm, you know, I'm, nobody can see me. Nobody knows. I'm like seeing this movie and um, yeah, or just, you know, go to a bar and sit outside or whatever. But yes, yeah. it, it does. It feels like being in the tunnel. 
Wow. People might be thinking, you know, oh, well, I don't write about politics or I'm not like X, Y, Z kind of person. So this can never happen to me. But something that you write in your piece that I think is important to pull out, you write, people want to attribute this hate to one thing, one moment or one time that I messed up, one story I filed. I think people do that because they want to feel safe. They want to think it will never happen to them. If you can blame me somehow, then you can distance yourself from it all. And that one nugget I think is so important because I do think there probably are people right now who are listening to you speak and they're like, oh, well, that will never happen to me because I'm insert thing here. And I think that was a real change for me was when I realized getting on getting on the radar of people who want to make your life miserable online and offline as well. You, it's not one thing you did, right? And so it could, it's important for everyone to understand that, that this could be any of us. I was randomly just talking to somebody for a story I wrote last year, and he was like, he was telling me how his son, who is a black teenage boy in town, was just getting, getting that same kind of hate because he just posted a picture of himself with his girlfriend and somehow a troll army found that. He just existed, like just existed. Um, and it just waves and waves and waves and, you know, and, and, and since posting that, you know, I've heard from people who are like, I'm a school board member. And one time I spoke up about guns in school, you know, and like, I think actually, I think anti-gun activists get a lot of this kind of harassment, but it's just like, you can be a school board member. Somebody, reached out to me to tell me that when they were a teen, they started an LGBTQ club in their high school just a couple years ago and, um, and, and got targeted and are still targeted. And they're just like, they're just like a human and, you know, not high profile, like probably not even on Twitter. I didn't ask, but like, just like, uh, you just existed um and and you got this kind of hate um it's yes you don't have to be high profile and obnoxious and i think that like me um i'm not that high profile let's not, let's not get excited um but like yes you just have to exist in a way that people don't like you know trans people get this kind of hate and that was you know that was actually one of the motivating reasons where I really wanted to talk about it because I have um, friends who are trans who are getting a lot of this harassment just for existing. And I, I made the conscious decision not to interview one of them because I didn't want to put more of a target on their back. Um, but like, yeah, just like, just like living your life and being happy. If, if you do so, you know, and you get on the radar, like that's, it's, I mean, that's it. It's over. You know, there's a journalist I'm messaging right now who's, you know, like maybe like 400 followers. Like she writes about sports, but because she's a woman who writes about sports, she's like, I get the, she's like, I've been getting some really intense harassment. I think that's a good point that like it seems to be always people who are marginalized. And so if you're a woman, a woman of color, LGBTQ, mm -hmm. like, it seems like it's much worse for us when we put our opinions out there. Like I noticed, um, this was one of the reasons where I, where I was like, I have to talk about harassment because it's getting to be too much. Uh, you mentioned Glenn Greenwald. A few weeks ago, there was a USA Today piece where um, a uh, 
intern had published her first byline. Uh, her name is uh, Brenna Smith, and it was a co-byline with another author, Will Carolus, who was a, a white man. And it was so interesting to me. So Glenn Greenwald retweeted it and was like, I hope you're like some mean tweet. Like, it was over to his over a million followers. Correct. And it's not like his followers are not like the most generous people on the internet. Like if you're making the conscious decision to follow him as a person and his personal brand is not like, it's not like, you know, kindness, generosity, and light. More after a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Girl Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girl Bomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girl Bomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girl Bomb's ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power. The kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, so I love the internet, but if you listen to this podcast, I probably don't need to tell you that it can come with a lot of very serious privacy concerns. The sad truth is being a traditionally marginalized person online or being an activist or even just somebody who sticks up for what you believe in means having to worry about what kind of information is online out there about us. It's something I think about a lot. And that's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter nogirls at checkout, J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash nogirls, and we'll see you on the internet. Let's get right back into it. We talk a lot about free speech online, 
what it is and who has it. But we need to make room to talk about what happens when marginalized voices are pushed off of social media because the harassment has gotten so bad. And this is ultimately the point of this kind of harassment, to make people feel like speaking up and putting their opinions out there is just ultimately not worth it. To make women and other marginalized voices shut up and just stop talking. The silencing effect it has can be real. And this is something that Liz wants men to understand. I do not think these men need to stop talking. I mean, I would like it if they talked less, but that's my own personal decision. It has no reflection on the Constitution or laws that I would like to see changed. Um, But like, I, you know, nobody's saying you can't talk. But what they are saying is there is a difference between when you talk and when I talk. When you talk, maybe people quote tweet you and tell you're a potato brain. Fine. When I talk, people tell me they're going to kill my kids. And that's the difference. And, you know, that's and, and there is a silencing effect. And that's the point. Like the point is the silencing effect. The point is the fear. The point is to make you look over your shoulder, to make you think twice before you have an opinion. And and it's that culture of silence and that culture of fear that is bred. And I know I know women who are afraid of doing things, of poking their heads up. I never learn. There's something deeply wrong with me. So it actually makes me bolder. It makes me be like, no, you don't get to dictate the terms on which I live my life and on how I write. And so, but I'm not saying there's a wrong way to be. You have to live the life that feels good and safe to you. So I'm not. But it makes me sad, you know, because I do know there are voices we do not hear because of this fear. And that's the silencing. And that's the thing we need to be talking about. And that's the thing that I think is interesting, right? That who gets defended and who gets attacked, right? You're right. Like, you know, quote tweeting the intern and telling them they did a bad job when it's obvious it was probably just assigned, you know, as a co-byline with another man. Like, and if you had a problem with the piece, then don't attack, like, just say, I have a problem with this piece. Like, I have a problem. Don't tell that person they're bad at their, like, there is right. a line. Like, and, and, and I actually think that, like, being harassed makes me a little bit more of an empathetic person because I, it is, you know, it is tempting for everybody to like think of like a celebrity or somebody who's more high profile, not as a person, right? You're like, oh, well, you're just an image. So now I'm going to just talk about like how you look on the internet. But it does make me think twice about like how I talk about people and how I how I t- criticize things because, you know, there there is a difference and there is a line and... um yeah. And, and and I think, too, if you're high profile enough, you should know that by now. And you should, you know, use your power for good, not evil. I always, you know, try to think like I, I punch up, right? Like hold power accountable. And that's another thing my therapist is always like, she's always like, know your power so that you don't abuse your power. Mm, that's so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. She's like, who are you going to fight? <laughs> like, and how are you going to fight it? You know, she's like, you need to be very conscious of those things so that you don't, you know, uh, so you don't hurt anybody. You talked about the role that Talia, who I love, uh, played when you were harassed and that it wasn't just, you know, keep your head up, girl. It was, here's what you need to know. So I wonder, yeah. um, I saw your tweet about 
things that you thought that anybody who was on Twitter should do to make sure that they are protecting themselves from being targeted by this kind of harassment. Can you tell us a bit about what you would suggest people do yes. to keep themselves safe? Yeah, um, very practical advice. I'm a, I'm a practical Midwestern mom, so I like practical advice. So here's, I think, number one, a lot of people may not know this, but there are websites, hundreds, hundreds of websites across the internet that scrub your data and then sell it to anybody uh, who, who's willing to pay for it. And that's how you basically, that's the number one way people get doxxed. Um, there are services that um, that will scrub that data off the internet for you. Um, and one of the services that I have used that Talia recommended to me, I think it was Talia, it was either that or it was uh, Christopher Mathias, who's an incredible reporter who reports on extremism. One of them told me very early on, um, use delete me. This is not a commercial. I don't get money from them. Like I just, but although the tweet did so well, they like now if you use the promo code L Y Z L. Shit, drop the promo code. Yeah, I love promo code. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to brag, but like I'm a promo code, so like I just li live in that promo code life. Uh, super famous. I tell my kids, I'm like, I'm a promo code. Treat me with respect, yes. and they're like, we're thirsty. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please, we just want some water. Um, why are you talking like that? But yes, uh, Delete Me is a great service. There's other ones out there. Delete Me is the one I've been using for years. There is a promo code for 20% off. It's a significant amount of money, uh, L-Y-Z-L, if you use it. Um, and then um, other things too, I, you know, if you, if you have kids, get all their pictures off the internet. Now, just do it. Uh, it, you know, it, uh, scrub your Facebook. There's services out there. None of them are super great. So I, there's not one I really could recommend. I just Google around scrub your Facebook. A lot of, um, TV news stations have their newscasters have two Facebooks, you know, your private one and your public one. Um, consider that if you like to use Facebook, I think Facebook is necessary for journalists, especially if you report on your own community, you kind of need to see what's going on. But if you have the luxury of deleting Facebook, just delete it. Um, the thing with Instagram is, um, I have a private one and a public one now. I recommend that. Um, or just keeping your Instagram private because you don't want people finding pictures of you and like photo, you know what I mean? Like in photo and like being like, oh, she went to, she it's just it, everything will be taken in bad faith. Um, and you never know the thing that people are going to object to, like my stupid joke, right? Like um, I say automatic, delete your tweets. Um, you, it might feel sad. Do it. Like just delete your tweets pretty regularly. Tweetdelete.net. It's a free service. You know, just like, you know, auto, start auto deleting. Um, those are some pretty practical things you can do that um, it won't stop harassment, but it will protect you from people knowing where you live, um, from people knowing the faces of your children or, or your other loved ones. When I wrote about Richard Spencer, he went on, you know, that that like, uh, you know, like the chum bucket of YouTube shows where he was saying, he was saying my the last name that I use is my married last name, even though I'm divorced now. I just like, well, last names are the same. It's just too exhausting to go back. 
that he was, you know, using my maiden name and my last name. And I, I started worrying about my parents, you know, I was like, oh God, now they're going to find my parents. It just makes it harder for people to find that kind of stuff. And usually like if they can't find it pretty easily, then it just, it goes away after a couple hours. In most cases, it will go away after a couple hours. But there is something my agent said the last time I was going through some intense um, harassment is, um, you know, she's like, this happens. If you are successful, if you are good at your job, like she represents a lot of female journalists and she's like, it never gets easier. So just find ways, find tools, find people to help you, good friends, you know, um, because the impulse is to always feel like, oh, did I screw up? You know, especially if you're not like a narcissist, you're like, oh, well, I must be doing something to deserve this. Nine times out of ten, you didn't. Nobody deserves to get death threats. Nobody deserves that kind of stuff. No one. Um, And, uh, you know, but like nine times out of ten, you didn't do anything wrong, you know, but have friends in your life who would tell you like, yeah, that was an offensive joke. You screwed up. Delete it and go dark for a while. You know, like, just get people in your life who can help you and, um, and reach out. Like, if you're in, like, a really going through some harassment, you don't know how to handle it, like, reach out. Like, my DMs are open. Um, sometimes I close them, but, um, they're open now. Reach out to other journalists. Um, and, and that's another thing, too, is if you see somebody going through something like that, reaching out to them lets, is really just saying like, hey, I see you. I see that this is happening. I'm so sorry, you know, or, you know, or just like, I'm here for you. I like you, you know, um, that's, you know, that's good. That's good enough. Even if, you know, if you, even if you're like, well, the article you wrote did kind of suck. Nobody deserves death threats. Nobody deserves death threats. And, and yes. And so those are, those are some practical things, I think. As much as I hate seeing anybody be going through targeted harassment on social media, something that I have been really kind of proud to see lately is that one, how many individual other journalists are like, we support you, you know, that that community response, I think is beautiful. And then two, something I think is really important is the institutional response. And so when someone is harassed, when their outlet puts out a statement that is like, we support the good work of this journalist, we, you know, because I think for for a long time, if someone was being harassed, they would be calling, you know, the outlet they work for, and maybe they would be fired. It would be like, oh, we want to cut ties. Maybe they would, you know, not stand by them. I'm I'm kind of heartened to see situations where you know your NBCs, your ABCs put out statements standing up for their reporters. Yes, yeah. and you know, I will say, like, uh, I have had institutions throw me under the bus. And I have had institutions stick up for me. I will I will say the Columbia Journalism Review has been a staunch supporter of my work. And I I I think that Kyle Pope over there has been amazing in the harassment that I have received. You know, for him, I have I have profiled Alan Dershowitz. Tucker Carlson, Chris Saliza, Seth Abramson, and if you think that there wasn't pushback on those articles, you're wrong. Gretchen Carlson, that was a weird one. Um, and and every single time they have stood by. First of all, you know, institutionally they provide rigorous 
fact checking so that everything would be airtight and and then stood by me you know through through the waves because they I, I don't know I've never been like Kyle why have you done it but it's um I think it's because they know and they value good work and yes and so it is encouraging to see when institutions get it right uh, I hate it when institutions get it wrong but um, there are some good examples of things. Let's, if we focus on the positive, I do. And I think that knowing that your institution has your back makes you a better journalist, makes you better at your job. Like I'm more willing, you know, to say bolder things or to write bigger stories for them because I know I can trust them that I know that, you know, they'll have a lawyer ready and they'll defend me and they'll be proud of me. Media companies and outlets are starting to catch up. When journalists like Taylor Lorenz and Sungman Cam were harassed online for doing their jobs, their outlets put out statements sticking up for them. And some outlets have gone even further. Last week, the sports site Defector Media announced a new policy that would offer support to journalists if they found themselves at the center of a harassment campaign, including a subscription to Delete Me, safe housing for them and their families should their homes become unsafe, and assigning someone to temporarily manage their social media accounts. Not only is this a good way to support staff, but it just acknowledges that online harassment is a real thing that staff might have to deal with. Instead of just pretending that it's something just happening online, it acknowledges the reality that online harassment can deeply impact our real world, our real work, and real lives. And if people are marginalized, the kind of harassment they face will be worse. You know, talking with other men, and, and men get this kind of harassment too, but I was talking with um, another writer just the other day about this, and he was like, yeah, I've gone through harassment cycles before. He's like, but I don't think they inspire in me the fear that they inspire in you, because you're already afraid to walk alone at night, right? Like, these are already fears that you have, and they they get compounded by your fears online. And, and this is not all in your head, right? Fear is a gift. Read the gift of fear. Everybody read the gift of fear. It's a great book. Teaches you to trust yourself, like um, trust your gut. And um, I teach that to my daughter. I'm like, trust your gut. You know, if something feels weird, if an adult feels weird, get away from them. Yes. And sometimes she'll be like, you feel weird. And like, <laughs> not the gift of fear, but fine. Go to your room. Uh, it's, uh, but yes, and so like, yeah, but yes, like it, it compounds the already precarious situation of existing in the world and um, which is, you know, so much harder for marginalized people. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's not in your head like this, like, you know, racism and homophobia is institutionalized. And so, yes, uh, yes. So it is different. Definitely. Um, and it is encouraging when there you do find places that support you. And they're, and they're just doing like their jobs, like, you know, to like say like we have an employee and they did this story and we're fine with it. But like just I think because we've all just been so railroaded by capitalism <laughs> that when it does its job, like it's uh, we're like, Thanks, mom. Thanks, yes. Dad. <laughs> like, Our standards are very low. <laughs> they are so low. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't toss me out like the trash. Like, great. Thank 
you. Yeah. Um, but no, I do, I, I do think uh, CGR has supported me and my work in some really powerful ways. And I don't think that that's nothing. And I don't think it's a mistake that I've some of my best work I've written for them. Right. And so um, it makes good business sense to treat your employees well. What is your advice to underrepresented people, women, people of color who want to be, want to put their opinions out on, into the world, whether as a writer like yourself, whether just as a social media user, mm-hmm. but are understandably scared? Um, yeah, I, you know, I say, obviously, like, you need to live uh, the life that you're happiest with. So, you know, I, like, so I I don't think that I can tell you what that looks like and nobody can, but it, you know, and if you're scared, like, yeah, think about that, right? Like do the work, but there are some simple practical steps you can take now, even if you're just like, I'm not famous. Nobody cares about what I say. Who cares? Live like you're going to be famous. Start leveling up and start taking care of your shit now it scrub your stuff, you know, sh- lock down your Instagrams, um, you know, f- figure that kind of shit out, cl- you know, clear, it, uh, do whatever you need to do with Facebook, which is a nightmare. Um, and, and start doing that now, um, before it gets bad. And then I think that that gives you a p- place of strength from which to operate and then have like a game plan. I, you know, I'm a person who loves a plan. So, you know, just and having a plan for, okay, if this does happen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to log off. I'm going to have this friend do this. I'm going to have this friend. I've had friends monitor my email before, you know, just because like signed out, no notifications. Can you handle it? Um, and, And have those plans in place. I think it gives you a position of strength to operate from. And um, only write, by the way, here's another tip. If you're, if we're talking about writing, only write for editors that have your back. And you'll know. Like, do not write for an editor who is going to let you publish something shitty. I, I used to work as an editor for a literary magazine, and there were times when I would be reading an essay that was other love, otherwise lovely, but had like one or two sentences in it that, you know, might be fat shaming, might be a little bit not great. And, you know, my, my comment to the author was always, we're taking this out because it brings down the quality of the piece and your writing, right? It's, and, and, uh, but you know, there, there are websites that XO Jane used to do this, that would take people's worst thoughts and impulses, put them online, and then they'd become targets. And then they'd be like, why did that happen to me? It's like, well, you, you wrote something terrible in a bad way. And, and not to say, once again, people don't deserve death threats. But, um, and I do think we don't, that was like the internet in the early aughts a little bit. I feel like people have, uh, most editors will have your back. But don't write for editors who are going to throw you under the bus, who are going to, you know, exploit your marginalized identity for clicks. Um, be in charge of yourself and your representation. Don't be afraid to walk away from um, stories if you get a bad vibe or editors if you get a bad vibe. It's fine. I've done it a couple times um, just because I'm like, me. I don't, I respect you, but I feel like we're not vibing on this piece and uh, it's okay to walk away from it. Um, things like that. Um, I also just like never advocate anybody living a life of fear. 
And so if you're in that place, if you feel like all you're doing is operating from a place of fear, you're not you're not living your best life. So what do you need to do to not be there? It doesn't mean getting off of Twitter. You know, you can have a life like not online. It's possible. Lots of people have, you know, wonderful writing careers and are not on the internet. People exist not on the internet. Um, things happen not on the internet. So find the life that you need to live and lead and don't live in a place of fear, please. Nobody wants that for you. And don't be afraid to reach out to, to other people. Um, you know, find your community and find the people who, who love you and want to see you succeed and really, you know, lean on them. That's beautiful. Where can folks keep up with all the amazing stuff that you're doing? Um, oh, like a cancel culture warrior, I also have a newsletter. <laughs> It is, um, it's just liz.substack.com, L-Y-Z.substack.com, and it's um, called Men Yell at Me. Um, they do. People are like, why do you call it? I'm like, I don't know. Why do they yell? Uh, don't ask me. Uh, but that that's my newsletter. So um, I, also, I also have a Twitter. It's at L-Y-Z-L. I also have a website, lizlens.com. Um, and you can find me all of those places. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us grow by subscribing. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? We'd love to hear from you at hello at tangody.com. Disinformed is brought to you by There Are No Girls on the Internet. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our supervising producer and engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. For more great podcasts, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Today's episode is brought to you by The American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, The American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.
Com. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens.